enjoy this flyover clip. Today on the Flyover Conservative Podcast, we have a very special guest, a friend of Stacey and I's, a friend of the show, and I think if you've been watching this for a while, uh, definitely a uh, definitely a mental friend of yours, Dr. Brian Artis. Yay! Welcome! Hello, Can you hear the applause? They love you. Yeah, I loved it. I love it. <laughs> you should say, are you not entertained? <laughs> yeah. Bring any more. I feel every time I hear that. I'm are gonna put. Not are you not yes, entertained? Bro. You got to feel that way. You know, you're always, you know, kind of in front of a new crowd, a new fresh batch mm-hmm. of faces, and senators and congressmen, or a, or a crowd you're speaking to, it, kind of given given the same message, but kind of some of the same resistance, and kind of, you know, uh, an evangelist of hope that hey, we've come across a really hard thing in our in our world, but you know what? There's no reason to be in fear, and there's answers to it. And you've been hitting that message, you know, for for a long time. I want to put down below uh, the first show we did with you. We called it um, which is more deadly? Which is more deadly? COVID or the hospital? Hospital protocol. Which is more deadly? COVID or the hospital protocol? That saved people's lives. And, and I can't tell you how many people contacted us that you know their relative either had uh, not gone to the hospital and they were keeping them out of the hospital or even ones that got in that you had some episodes in September that you released on how to get somebody out of that situation that was phenomenal. So And, and more yep, than more than lives. anyone we've had on our show, you've probably saved the most lives of anybody that I've probably have personally met with this message. So anyway, you're you're definitely a friend of us and a friend of the show. We thank you for all that. Hey, you're very welcome. And maybe that's what pissed off Big Pharma. Maybe it was our show together. <laughs> that made me the target numero uno. Man, that is just crazy. Okay, how are, how are you dealing with that? Because something that we do, we talk to people a lot, and it's been an interesting time in history. It's almost like in the Bible. You know, there was the, the people with Daniel. It was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were three uh, men that would not bow to the idol. And the king was like, if you do not bow, I'll throw you in that fire. And they all said, throw us in the fire, then we will not bow. And I see that that is where you are. You know, you're like, okay, you can threaten, you can put me on an assassin list. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to share information. Maybe let's catch the listeners up on some of that too. Some people, have yeah, not, they, already don't not, know. Not, they don't got both feet in the pedals on that one. Sure. Yeah. So uh, Dr. Zeb Zelenko reached out to me about a week and a half ago to warn me uh, publicly. He wanted to make sure it was recorded for the whole world. Uh, he wanted to make sure that I knew that there was a, he was aware his security detail was given high level Intel from the government and within the government that uh, there's an assassination list specifically put out by Pfizer, but it represents all of big pharma that uh, Dr. Zeb Zelenko was on an assassination list. And Zeb Zelenko was reaching out to me to tell me that uh, apparently Zeb Zelenko is number two on Big Pharma's must silence list. And uh, Dr. Brian Artis, myself, is number one on that list. Uh, And specifically, they said that I have to be silenced in the next two months was the actual threat. So I contacted my attorney, Thomas Renz, who I hired uh, to help me with protecting some of the documentation that I have. because there's going to be press releases and probably all kinds of stuff I'm going to be asked to do and testify with the stuff that's about to be revealed. And I wanted to make sure I had some solid representation. I trust, and I trust Thomas Rents. So I called him, asked mm-hmm. him to call Zeb Zelenko and his security team and get the intel that Zeb received and then make sure that he vetted it and it was accurate. And uh, after about two hours, I got a phone call from Thomas and said, the threat is very real and you should trust it. And so uh, I have since then, uh, which is fine. I actually laughed when Zev told me for two reasons. Uh, Zev actually called me two weeks earlier 
than when he told me this. He said two weeks earlier, he called me by phone when I was in San Diego and I was at the reawakened tour event, but I'm at the hotel. I just showed up in San Diego and he called me on my cell phone. He said, Dr. Artis, my security and my security detail is telling me that you are aware of death threats on your life. Is that true? And I said, uh, Zev, no, <laughs> no, I appreciate you calling, but no, I'm unaware of any death threats on my life. And he goes, okay, good. Anytime this information gets to me, I always contact those individuals who are in our movement and on our side trying to protect lives. I reach out to them to make sure are they threatened and what can I do to provide help? And in the same conversation, he said, Dr. Artis, you don't have anything to worry about. And I said, okay, good. And he goes, uh, do you know why you don't have anything to worry about? <laughs> no. And he goes, because you're not a big enough target. And I said, really? What do you mean not big enough? And he goes, uh, Big Pharma and the government will only single out people to silence who have really massive followings. And this is what I said. Oh, really, Zev? I'm standing there. No doubt. Really, Zev? I'm going to give you names of three people. They're actually three doctors. And I want you to tell me what happened to them. So I gave him the names. And Zev knew who they were. And he goes, uh, they all three have something in common. They were all murdered in the first five months of the pandemic. And I said, yeah. I said, and you know what else they have in common? They didn't have a platform of any kind. They didn't even have a social media presence. They weren't out on stages talking. They weren't testifying before grand juries. They, they weren't testifying in state capitol buildings like I am. Uh, they just had a truth they were going to tell. They were murdered. Mm. And he goes, you're right, Dr. Artis. That's what, you're right. And I said, uh, so I'm just telling you, you don't have to be big to be targeted. You just have to know something they don't want getting out. And he goes, you're right. Well, Zev has never known what I've been working on for the last four months in the way of researching something specific around COVID-19. Uh, even when he called me in San Diego, uh, it was two weeks later, which was last week, a week and a half ago, when he called to tell me that his, the new intel he's received from the government uh, was that I am number one on Big Pharma's assassination list, and he's number two. And then the same time, he said, I think it's important, and the reason why I called you, Dr. Artis, was to make sure we had this filmed and then recorded so the world could see it. So the world could see just how important you and I have become to be targeted by the most powerful organizations in the world, to be silenced, and how we have been like instrumental in saving people's lives in hospitals and keeping people out of hospitals. And then he said, uh, you know, I called you two weeks ago and asked you if you had any verbal warnings that you knew of, and you told me no. And he got real serious, and he goes, this is your warning. Do mm. not leave that building you're sitting in right now, Dr. Artis, without backing up whatever's on your computer because they are targeting you. Do not leave that building without having it safe somewhere. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, Zev. All right, so we made sure we did all that. But uh, since then, I now have security detail at my home every day. They stay overnight. Uh, they're here every day. And uh, they're special, mm -hmm. ops, special forces trained individuals. Uh, they are here in the home and they'll be here until I feel comfortable uh, and until all the information and documentation is out. And yes, I do believe God is protecting me as all this moves forward because mm -hmm. ultimately I think he loves his children more than the evil people on this planet care to destroy mm -hmm. them. So uh, anyone who can help bring that light and help bring it down, if it's me or Zev or anybody else, I don't care who it is. He'll probably protect those people. I'm going to trust God will protect them. I remember so our, I, our eyes got open. Wow. When we had uh, Dr. Carrie Bidet on, you know, in conversations with her, you know, where, and I think the episode of that was this information doctors have died for. Mm -hmm. um, yep. She, you know, bounced out, went 
you know, invisible for a period of time. And there's a window. It's pretty well documented. A lot of shows have been done about it. over over a over hundred doctors, you know, uh, died, died or suicided or killed in, or whatever. In, in, mysterious fashion mm-hmm. in a very short window of time i think within a within a year within 12 months something like that it um, literally was in two years 90 doctors were murdered mm-hmm. in two years like 2014 to 2016 yeah yeah and she probably would have been a part of that you know if if not making the moves that she did and it's a it's you know you you watch movies for entertainment and then you kind of do your life you go to work and you come out and it, it, it it's rare we're at a point in time in history where this is very real reality. You know, the, the kind of stuff you'd see on episode of 24 of, you know, Jack Bauer, Hey, there's, we're going to unleash a deadly virus on the world. Blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. but Jack, Jack could always stop it. Well, it, it, nobody stopped it. And now the people that are standing up to, to, you know, course correct and, and bring hope are under the kind of threats that you would only historically see in a movie, mm-hmm. but it's become real for a lot of people. Okay. Yeah, but it's almost like a movie. I keep telling people this whole time I've even said life is pretty phenomenal. It really didn't get heavy for me. And people just need to understand everywhere I've ever gone, everywhere I've ever spoken. And there are some phenomenal individuals who speak on the same stages in the same venues. It is consistent. I've heard this every time I go anywhere. When I get introduced, they'll say no one is more bold in their speaking Mm. than Dr. Artis. And I, and I will tell you where that comes from. Uh, and when Stu Peters asked me to come and film with him, the information I told him about in private, I flew up there to ask him about security, actually. I didn't go there to ask for him to help film it. I said, I need you as a bounty hunter to tell me what I need. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what do I need? Because people's lives have been taken and I've uncovered it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I need to make sure I'm safe. And he's like, oh, no, we need to record this. Well, when Stu asked me, why, why am I talking about this and why have I been researching this? Uh, I mean, I, I couldn't breathe for a couple minutes. I was crying, <laughs> sucked. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's been very heavy. It so, would be very yeah, heavy. It's been, very, it's been like the, the weight of the world's on my shoulders and they're all in the dark. And I didn't, I needed to get as much information as possible to be able to back up what I was about to tell everybody. Uh, and man, it was very lonely for a long time. It just felt a whole lot better since I did that five hour interview with Stu that will be released tonight, which is great. But this is why I believe, uh, I think there's several reasons why I'm a target. Number one, uh, is because I have helped been instrumental worldwide to keep people out of hospitals. I literally by myself with others, have yep. tried to scare the crap out of people to not go to the hospital. Yep. And, and yep. that was what I wanted. And that's mm-hmm. what I was saying. So I've been very loud and very bold about that. And, uh, and it's all come to light that remdesivir is as toxic and dangerous as I knew it was the first day I read its stuff in May of 2020. So that's phenomenal. That would piss off the pharmaceutical companies. They would be mm-hmm. pissed that I kept people from going there. Uh, number wow. two, number two, I, I'm very vocal about the vaccines. I hate these vaccines. There is no part of these vaccines that need to go into kids. I've also created advocacy teams to get people out of hospitals because I can't do it by myself. So I have Two teams working in all 50 states and in Canada. This is me, the retired chiropractor, trying to save everybody's lives. I've been very, very yes. motivated to, to stop this. And mm-hmm. it has been nonstop. My message is to thwart that agenda. And then the number three thing, there's probably four reasons I'm a target. It's one, any of the four. And then number three is I have been very vocal for about 12 months now that I 
am certain in my heart of hearts that the Pope and the Jesuits of the Roman Catholic Church are orchestrating this entire COVID as a one world religion takeover. That's what I think they're doing. And I've been very vocal about it. And uh, I point out to everybody on most media platforms that if you wonder why Joe Biden, Anthony Fauci and Donald Trump all say the same thing about the vaccines, just listen to what they say and go listen to what the Pope says. Because they're all saying what he says. They're all repeating the same thing. And I think he's just got them all bought off and paid for. But he's so, a scary guy to follow. He took the cross off his own platform when he's speaking in Spain. He didn't recently, want to offend the Muslims. In Malta. You know, it's like. Uh, it's it, just, it, anyway, they're very evil. I, I, I don't agree with that. I, I, now, Catholics are not evil. Like the, the parishioners mm-hmm. and the believers in the Catholic Church are right. not evil. Mm-hmm. I believe the people at the top are very evil and have an evil agenda. And that's fine. They have a horrible history of hiding pedophiles. That's pretty evil in my mind. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to take priests and move them to another diocese, just so you cover up the controversy that you're molesting and raping children, that organization, there's never been one on the planet that's gotten away with that for years, mm-hmm. except the Roman Catholic church. So anybody standing at the head of that church, moving pedophiles around and sex trafficking of children, uh, you should all be in jail, all hung. Uh, you guys are evil. So they, they're evil. They've done evil things. Uh, anyway, I've been very vocal about that and the connections I've spoken on to the connections to the Jesuits with Anthony Fauci, uh, Joe Biden, Donald Trump. I've been very vocal about that. So that could be why I'm a target. But the fact that Zev Zelenko said that Pfizer specifically has me as target numero uno. I, I was actually in Pennsylvania a mm-hmm. week before this, uh, this warning came from Zev. And I'm sitting in the state capitol building. It's me, Steve Kirsch, Peter McCullough, and Thomas Renz. And we're testifying to a senator and several state reps there. It was great for several hours. Had great testimonies. From there, we went to a, a lodge, a, like a hotel in Hershey's, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And we did a presentation to a thousand people in a room. And in that presentation, it was like five hours long. The last two hours were a Q&A. Uh, Thomas Renz had left. He had to get back to do his lawyer stuff. And we're, it's me, Steve Kirsch. It's me, Steve Kirsch, and Peter McCullough at a table facing the audience. And... When I say Pfizer is targeting me, it's probably because of this one thing I did in Pennsylvania the week before. And it was all streamed live. So Lions of Liberty uh, did this uh, incredible event is what they hosted and sponsored their Hershey's Lodge. And uh, Peter McCullough has asked a question about early treatments. And thank God, Peter McCullough, I love that guy. He says, you know, I used to talk in favor of the Novavax vaccine that was coming. I cannot any further after seeing the most recent data support that this is a good idea. I do not think that's a good vaccine or safe. Uh, and I was like, thank God, Peter. Yes. Cause I always hated it when he talked about it. And then, uh, and then he starts saying that there's really a wonderful amount of data with great promise for a drug coming out from Pfizer an oral drug called Paxlovid. And we're all sitting up at the stage in front of a thousand people. And we're right next to each other. It's me, Steve Kirsch, and then to my right, or both of them, and Peter's on the other side. And as soon as they brought up, he, he brought up Paxlovid and its promising findings in his research study, I started going just like this. I'm not kidding. I was looking at the audience, and I went just like this. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belt, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't, you couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still 
buy you, even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. Oh. Started going like this. Mm-mm. Nope. And, uh, and the whole crowd started snickering and laughing and elbowing each other to point and look at me. And it drew Peter's attention. And he, he leans forward with his mic to look past Steve Kirsch to look at me. And he goes, well, it's obvious. And I didn't even look at Peter. I just kept shaking my head. No. Nope. And Peter goes, it's very obvious that Dr. Artis and I do not agree on this one topic. And I said, I picked up my mic. I was like, there's a lot of things you and I don't agree on. But that's okay. Uh, there is no one on the planet that should take this Paxlovid drug from Pfizer. I said inside of that drug is a patented chemical that actually paralyzes your diaphragm to be able to breathe. I'm not really sure anyone can tell me why having that ingredient in that oral tablet would be beneficial to a soul who's struggling to breathe. And I said, it's just obvious, Dr. McCullough, you just haven't seen that information. And I sat down the mic. And he starts talking about how it's okay in science for people to, de- to disagree. His data looks promising. Dr. Artis obviously has his views. And I picked up the mic again. And I went just like this. No one on the planet better trust that damn drug from Pfizer. And I stuck down the table. Whoa. And, uh, and I would not be surprised. And so he got off the Paxlovid kick at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I'm very, very adamant that I want to know what the hell they're about to do to you. They have lied to you this whole time. And I'll, I'll yeah. give a shout out to Steve Kerr. Steve Kersh, uh, I, I'd never been with him until this Pennsylvania event. And we spoke in three different places in, in like 12 hours. And Steve Kersh kept saying the same thing. And I was like, ooh, I really like this guy. <laughs> he sounds like me. <laughs> he constantly said the same thing every time. I wouldn't trust anything the CDC says. I wouldn't trust anything the NIH says and anything the FDA says. And in fact, if they say anything, do the opposite. That was Steve Kirsten. Every time he'd say it, I'd go like this next to him. Yep. Wow. Dude, I like you, man. I like you. <laughs> the truth is you should not trust anything these organizations are doing, not not even for a second. And have you seen that that's created kind of an even more polarizing divide? Um uh, Elon Musk put out a tweet, I think yesterday, or the day before, and it showed a graph of all the news outlets. You know, I think the, the Weather Channel was like number one or something like that of, of like and it showed Republicans, um, Democrats, and then like people that are unidentified or something like that. And it was like just crazy. The graph where, where you know, people ended up at CNN and Fox and all this kind of stuff on down there through there. But even, the, the people that identified Republican were like, don't trust any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, basically it's like skewed wherever here. Do you think that that's created? Because I would think most people uh, that are um, in our, yeah, there there we go. Thanks for pulling that up. That's pretty quick there, Producer Colton. You know, it, it, show, it shows this gap between uh, where people are getting their information, the kind of information they're getting, and, and the distance it's creating between different people at the Thanksgiving table or, or at, the, at the water cooler. Um Everything you just said there, don't trust the CDC, don't trust NIH, don't mm-hmm. trust the who. I, everyone that runs in my circles, everyone, pretty much my neighborhood, I had a neighbor come over last night, barred something, and you know we were talking you know, politics for a second. Like, they would all agree with that. 
but then there's this other chunk of our society who's who's get a steady injection right, right in their vein every day of of fear and you know they got a fauci candle at home where he looks like the, the a priest or something and and you know they, they have this other whole whole view do you see that when you're out traveling like like when you're talking to somebody and you're speaking you're like where have you been getting your information for the last 18 months you know because there's like two different types of americans out there you know ones are like i'm a little distrusting here and stuff like that Others like no more can i wear three masks can can they if they invent another vaccine i'll take that i have one you know they have a suppository vaccine i want as many as i can get whatever they come up with i want it like there's these two worlds out there of people yeah and it's a it's very it's very odd to witness actually so i'll speak on that because for like 20 years now this isn't a new thing for me i haven't vaccinated any of my kids for 20 years my oldest is 21 so i've got five uh, four of them have never had a shot in their entire life. None of them have had a drug in their entire life outside of the first who was born for the first year. So this COVID argument and COVID discussions, uh, they're not new. It's the same old song and dance, turn families against families. Do you know mm-hmm. that I had relatives for the last 20 years who would actually call my other relatives who were hosting a reunion or a holiday dinner, and they would call them to find out if Brian was bringing his kids to the Oh, holiday event. wow. And if I was bringing my kids, they actually would say, I don't want my vaccinated kids around his unvaccinated kids. That's that makes no sense. That's been going on for, with me for like 18 years. So I actually would call <laughs> them the cousins or the relatives who called my other relatives. And I would go, did you just call grandma and grandpa or whoever and tell them you weren't bringing your vaccinated kids to a reunion because I was bringing my unvaccinated kids? Like, I just want to hear it from you. Yeah. Is that true? And they'd go, yes, I did that. We decided that as parents. And I'd go like this. Why did you get your kids vaccinated? Right. Well, Why are they so they concerned? They fill in this part of the story. They're like, what do they do for are these people that, that research this for a living? Or are they like car salesmen? Or what do they do? No, they're like insurance salesmen and stuff. They're not. It's just, it's just weird. There's this weird disconnect. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what individuals with a plan who can say a lie long enough will get people to believe the lie. It's so weird. Yeah. Listen, people, you get shots because you believe, as they tell you, it provides armor and immunity. Right. Why in the hell are any of you feeling threatened by people not getting them? If anything, you should show pity on them. Like, I'm so concerned about you. No, they actually point their finger at you. They shame you. They guilt you. Mm -hmm. It's your fault. And I'm like, well, if the vaccines work as they tell you, shouldn't you have confidence that you're protected? No, they have the same. It's amazing. They have this duality mm-hmm. in their messaging. The immunity, you have to get vaccinated because it provides immunity. But it doesn't work if you're around somebody who's not vaccinated. <laughs> That's like the dumbest thing ever. It's yeah. stupid. Why would you even get it? So I would tell all of my relatives, this has happened way more than once. And I'd go like this. Look, seriously, this doesn't even make any sense. You either believe the vaccines work. So you gave them to your kids. But what you're saying right now is they actually don't work because now you feel like they're threatened. And what's weird about that is I should be the only one in your head who should be worried about my kids who are unvaccinated being around here vaccinated. Right. right. Like they can have cooties all over their body, their kids, because they're vaccinated, but the bugs can't get in them to make them sick. But those bugs could come from them onto my kids who are unvaccinated. And then I should feel like the one that I'm afraid my kids aren't right. vaccinated. Yep. It is amazing to me 
that half of the world right now is vaccinated and is conditioned and told to be in fear of the other half and then blame them that they're the ones not stopping the pandemic and it's threatening to you as the vaccinated person. It is the same old argument and it is so flipping ridiculous and it's so odd that human beings fall for this crap yep. all the well, time. Well, Nancy so Pelosi's she's got to be completely vaccinated. She's, she comes down with it. You know, I mean, it's it's it, uh, it, it's so it's so goofy in that process. Have you ever read the book by Andy Andrews called How to Kill Eleven Million People? Uh, he's got he's like a, he's like a motivational speaker, author, kind of an insightful writer. It's it's only it's a book you can read in like fifteen minutes, but but it, it's basically from studying the Holocaust and why people went along with it. But it's it's real message there is from studying Nuremberg and and all this of 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 it's the messaging and it's the lies. You know, mm-hmm. Hitler was voted in. He, he received parades, you know, when he went into to, to, to Poland initially. Um, most people, even that were leaving their towns, they, they didn't do it thinking they were going somewhere bad. They went there like, well, this is the best. We'll keep our family together. We get this this new area. It's for us to work. They weren't they, happy. I mean, obviously they weren't they happy. Were their swallowing stuff being taken and what they were doing and things like that. But, you know, they were like, OK, they didn't they didn't think it was going to be what it was going to be, what it ended up being. But the messaging and they were lied to so consistently that they went along with it. Mm-hmm. There was less than less than 10 percent of Germans were registered parts of the Nazi party, you know, but but the people went along with it because the mess. Yeah, there's a copy of it. Andy Andrews. It's a it's a great book. Um, it, read it. Yeah. yeah. And, and really, the whole point is he's saying no matter whether you're Republican or Democrat or left or right, thing, we all agree we want the truth from our elected officials. When you don't get the truth and you allow lies to exist, they can have any kind of atrocity happen to you when they're allowed to lie. And you have this attitude of like, well, elected officials, politicians, they just lie. Well, it's it's the lies and going along with it and their control of the media that allowed that whole thing to happen with, with very, very small amount of resistance within the country. Yeah. And and it's like you, you see that here. It's like, well, people naturally want to go mm-hmm. along in a herd like fashion with with what the flow is, with what they're being told, you know, and, and I just don't know where this eventually keeps going with our country where you have a divided nation. One, you know, it's like zombies and just believe and trust without even thinking anymore. Mm-hmm. They, there's no reason. There's no critical thinking taking place. And then another one who don't trust anything. You know, they wouldn't trust you if you told the sun comes up in the east tomorrow. So, uh, you know, which a lot of the people that I've noticed are younger that are trusting. Yes. If if you I don't know if you've noticed that, but there's a lot of masked young kids. You know, we go places and I'm like, wow. okay, so there's a table of people sitting there and it's the high school boy that is the only one with his mask on. Grandparents are to the table and you're like. And to me, that's fascinating. It's just interesting. There's Mm -hmm. been studies written about this for decades. Could, could you imagine all like the World War One and World War Two vets? What they must be thinking about standing <sighs> yeah. six feet apart and social distance and wear a mask? They're, they're, they were they were in dead bodies piled up on and you know they, hunkered down. They, they stormed the beaches yes. of Normandy smoking filterless cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, they must be laughing internally. No one's interviewing them though. <laughs> True. But yes, uh, it is. It is incredible. I will actually have to read that book. That'd be interesting to read. Uh, it, it, that'll, that'll, how to kill eleven million people? I actually thought you were going to say it was about Anthony Fauci because he oh. killed eleven million people with AIDS. That he actually cool. said was AIDS, and he actually killed them with the drug called AZT. That actually causes all of the signs and symptoms of AIDS. So it's no different here. He did the same thing with a drug called Remdesivir, and he told the world that the side effects of a virus called SARS-CoV-2 
do all of these things in the human body to cause death. When in fact, that's all the side effects of the drug remdesivir, which is a, which is an extreme poison. So he's just doing it again. Same thing. And so there's, there's a, this would have never worked without the, the, the complicit participation of the media. Mm -hmm. And even, and even beyond that, like the social media and censorship, that is all that allowed this to happen. So I'm going to show you a book. Stay there. I'm going to show you a book. This book. Have you seen it? Freedom of Mind Mm-mm. by Steve Hassan. No. And read the bottom. It says, America's leading cult expert. When I started going into the media, I knew. You want to see it again? Okay. I knew that, uh, that I was going to be speaking to people who are being brainwashed through the media around COVID and around mm-hmm. social distancing and around vaccines and blah, blah, blah. And I knew that uh, in my media interviews and being in stages and I knew I had to figure out how to talk to people who are in a cult-like atmosphere where they're being brainwashed. And there's this thing called cognitive dissonance where mm-hmm. they can't really connect to reality or logic. But that's what cult leaders do. They break that down. Yeah. So this, I, I started buying up all these cult books. I'm not kidding because I wanted to learn how could I best communicate to people who are being brainwashed? Wow. That's exactly what you're doing. That's what it is. It's true. So this is what I, I've been studying this stuff nonstop for like two years now, at least when I started speaking in May of 2020. And in this book, I just want to read this to you, Freedom of Mind. This was written in 2013. Okay. This guy, Steve Hassan, he says as a, as America's leading cult expert, he trains people <laughs> in this book, how to, a, as a, a great as title, a family, the family member of someone who's in a cult, how to communicate with that loved one to get them to come out and trust you again. Because, the cult leader will always make sure his followers start to distrust those outside of their sphere of influence, which mm-hmm. is what they're doing right now mm-hmm. with you. Yep. Don't trust the anti-vaxxers. Don't trust blah, blah. Don't. Whatever it is. All right. So I want to read this to you so you get this. Okay. Because I wanted to know everything I could about cults in, in between my interviews. And this is what I learned on page four. You ready? Yep. He, def- he defines, Steve Hassan does, that there are four major types of cults in the world. There's only four. There's political cults, which I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. Religious cults, commercial and therapeutic cults. And I, I remember looking at this list on page four and I was like, that's interesting. Political cults. I've never heard of a political mm-hmm. cult. And I, I was like, I want to know what the definition is because he helps you fill in the gaps of what you don't know about political cults. And this is what he says. Political cults are often dictatorships, brutal, repressive regimes that imprison or kill critics and dissidents. Whoa. Number two, in order for them to be successful and destructive, they simply have to do two things. They control the press and they prevent free assembly. Wow. Wow. 2013. 2013. And then they check, they have to prevent elections that might check their power. That's a part of the preventing free assembly. Isn't that amazing? And then it says other political cults include terrorist groups that kill innocent citizens. And then he goes on to explain that the only thing different between a political cult is that if the political cult wants to extend how damaging they can be to destroying logic and reasoning of their people, all they have to do 
is change something the person does every day in the way of their behavior. Mm. Like you, you make them do something and they say, and he says, the easiest way to do that is if a political cult adopts this one aspect that makes religious cults so destructive. All they have to do is implement what 80% of all religious cult leaders do. And they require their followers to wear an article of clothing. No. Yeah. And now this is like two years ago, like in May of 2020, I was like, reading this. Oh my God, this is what they're doing. They're just using the masks as a way of conditioning you wear an article of clothing has nothing to do with keeping you sick or well or preventing sickness and keeping you well. It was about conditioning you. There are multiple cults in this world, religious cults that make you wear stuff. Trust me, I was raised in one. I was told to wear special underwear every day in the Mormon church. I was seventh generation Mormon. This is a cult. They actually tell you to wear undergarments every day. Do you know what they say? If you don't wear this special underwear, Satan can come into you and tempt you and destroy you, either physically or emotionally or spiritually. But if you leave Mm. them on, he can't get in. This is no different than them telling you, wear a mask and the invisible virus can't get you. You cannot die. You won't get exposed. It's all the same damn lie. Is is that a sign of a cult? When you you take a course of action based on faith and less on tangible, touchable reality? Oh, yeah. I remember going on Newsmax the very first time. I'm not kidding. Like, right after I read this book. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> You're just like, come on. <laughs> I read this book. Look at this book. It's highlighted. Wow. Like every wow. Thing like crazy. Okay. So I read this whole book, and I was like, yeah, I'm ready for Newsmax. I mean, it wasn't for Newsmax. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> nice conservative newscaster. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill, and you had one ounce of gold. You could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, belt, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't, you couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you, even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. And when these two people are interviewing me, I mean, this is a long time ago. When they interviewed me, they're like, we would like to save this last question for Dr. Artis. And I was like, okay, great. What is it? And they said, Anthony Fauci just came out and said that on college campuses, he's considering taking the six foot social distancing rule and dropping it to three feet. What do you think about that? And I said, (laughs) Anthony Fauci's talking about moving this six foot rule to three. And they said, yes. And then they played the clip. And I said, great. Now I'll tell you what I think about that. I said, do either one of you know how big the coronavirus is called SARS-CoV-2? And they said, no. And I said, it's uh, 0.215 microns or 0.125 microns. And they said, okay. I said, do you know what the size of a molecule is to make it air fluid, which means it doesn't settle? It just floats forever in the air because gravity doesn't affect it. And they said, no. I said, it just has to be smaller than three. Microns. Oh, wow. I said, the coronavirus is 0.125 microns. 
it's way smaller than one micron. It means it's air fluid. I said, so I just want to let you know what that means. Coronaviruses were tested 15 years ago, and they found, physicists did, that when they actually marked SARS-CoV-2 and then let it in the air, they measured that it would actually float in the air for 25.6 feet, and then they stopped measuring it because it just would float in the air. I mm. said, now, knowing that, I want to ask you, what do you think about this six-foot rule and this three-foot rule? And these two people went like this. Both the hosts looked at each other and went like this. Well, uh, I think this whole let's go from six feet to three feet should be expanded to 26.9. That's what I think. I said, obviously, Anthony Fauci made up this dumb number because physicists already know that anything smaller than three microns is air fluid. It doesn't even make any sense. Since then, and in the last two years, physicists have tracked these size particles for miles in the air. They just follow the wind and just go around buildings and oh follow the jet stream. So anyway, this is a, I actually thought I would get invited back to Newsmax because I actually made it look worse than it really was. I was like, <laughs> I wasn't going six feet's horrible. I was like, uh, like six feet's dumb. I was like, it should be 26 feet. We yeah. should make everybody stand 26 feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let me ask you a question about the hierarchy of this. You know, you have Francis Collins and Fauci, and there's, you know, what what uh, some of these doctors have become like uh, rock star celebrities, you know, in this yeah. new world. Um, you know, on, People worship them. On that side, yeah. They, 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 they say one thing, and everybody, it's the mm-hmm. news cycle. You know, photos. Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then but then you know below that there's probably people that are you know hospital administrators running things are in charge but there's this vast majority let's say this next whole culture down here that kind of fall into this place of just kind of doing what they're told um i'm just you know they told me to put this here and they told me to put this like that okay so now i'll switch this and they're just they're not a part of that end result i, I, I keep making these these nazi germany references but you know in Auschwitz, they had the concentration camp outside the city. You know, for six years, they got ashes falling on the city. People live in the city, though, making bread, doing things, repairing things, doing work. Doing their life. Doing, just doing their life. When they liberated that camp, they had to physically take the people that lived in this town and prove to them, physically grab by the neck and show them what was taking place there because they just didn't, they didn't believe, believe it. it. They didn't believe it. They weren't a part, of, although they were feeding the soul. They were doing, they were, they were a, a, a part of it. And then you got to, you know, my, my question of this is at what place and it does it come from medical training or whatever that so many doctors could participate in the administration of remdesivir or uh being so aggressive with the ventilator or any one of a number of or things pushing the vaccine so pushing hard. the vaccine so hard at, at what point can doctors you know forget fauci and collins and and you know the top of the pyramid but there's thousands and thousands who I have to believe are really, really great people that just don't believe that this action is connected to this result. Do they not have the ability? Are they too fearful? Is it is it they got too many student loans to say anything? Is it they just really don't know? Are they convinced remdesivir is, is good? You know, this is speculation on your part, but where do you fi- think that that 80% land in this and why can they not speak up and how will history kind of reflect on that group of people? Yeah, great question. All right, so number one, all of your medical institutions, all your medical schools, all your residency schools, they're all funded and are provided textbooks by the pharmaceutical industry. So they write everything that you're going to be learning for the next four years 
in normal medical school and then your residencies uh, or post-grad work, uh, which would be like specializing in cardiology or whatever it is you want to study after med school. Uh, and I want you all to understand, I actually was applying to med schools to go to med school before I ever decided to go to chiropractic school. So I was looking at syllabuses for four years. I mean, for four years, I was looking at all these universities mm -hmm. around the country because I could have went to anyone I wanted to. And I'd settled on the University of Utah because at the time it was ranked fourth in the world. And I loved the mountains and I thought it'd be great to be up there by the Rockies. Uh, but even on their syllabus, 20 years ago, uh, there was no classes for the whole four years on nutrition or diet. There yeah. wasn't even a single class, like zero. And th there was one medical school I found who actually would allow a, an elective for a one hour nutritional class wow. that you had to pay extra for. <laughs> like, so they do not know how to heal people. They do not know how to keep you healthy in general. They have to learn that after they leave school. So for example, like Dr. Jo Joseph Mercola out of Florida, he's phenomenal, previously out of Chicago. Uh, he, he actually, I met with him, man, 20 years ago at an event uh, when I was starting chiropractic school. And he said, when I left med school, it took me four years to get out of the indoctrination that drugs and surgeries are the only thing you can do because he came from a all natural physical trainer world. And so it took him four years to get out of that funk. And, uh, wow. and he's, become a, he's become a warrior for nutritional health, uh, dieting, uh, toxicities and researching. He's a great, he's a great resource, but it just takes that long. So first is their education. They're educated poorly on how to actually take care of the human body. Number two, uh, they are in massive amounts of debt typically mm -hmm. when they leave med schools, like 90% of all of them, all of them typically become employees of hospitals or at least have rights to hospitals that allow them to receive payment for time they give there each week. And most doctors currently in hospitals are a part of a big healthcare system and they are employees of that system. So most of the doctors, most of the nurses who are working in COVID units around this country uh, they are all employees. They are mm -hmm. not independent thinkers. They're given a protocol and it's in their computer that when you find positive COVID-19, it tells them what to do. You are to inject this person with remdesivir for five days, twice, if they don't get any better, five days of remdesivir, put them on Presidex, which is a sedative drug, morphine, midazolam, uh, fentanyl, lorazepam, any cocktail needed to sedate that person and put them on a vent the same time you put them on remdesivir. And so they do it because they're going to get fired. Now, this is a, uh, we got about 15 minutes left that I can talk. So I'm going to actually tell you what I learned. And I brought this up before when people ask me, Peter McCullough constantly says we have a million licensed medical professionals in this country. Hmm. How is it possible less than 500 have even said they're not okay with COVID-19 protocol? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, how is it possible that there's less than a hundred speaking out and there's less than 500 even, even acknowledged maybe that there's a problem here? with protocols, vaccines, mandates, blah, blah. And I agree with them. But when I was in practice in Tennessee, I had my first practice in Tennessee from 2004 to 2009. In 2007 or so, this one patient of mine, his name's Johnny. Johnny walks into my practice, and every Monday, he would walk in with this check. And I would always go to the lobby and greet patients. That's how I was. I didn't go to the treatment rooms. I always wanted to go out and greet patients. You know, I am a very personable. Yep, so very. I, I always, went out, I always went out there. So I walked out there and I'm like, hey, Johnny. And he's holding this check up like this. And he's just holding it in my face. Every Monday he did this for months. And I, and I would just take it and look at it and then hand it back to him. 
It wasn't for me. It was a check he was going to the bank after my appointments to deposit. And these were on average 80,000, 90,000, 78,000. Every week he'd show me this check that he was about to go deposit. And finally, <laughs> and he would ask me every time he was in, in my office, he'd go, you know, I own like eight uh, title loan companies, right? Like where you take your car, give me your title to borrow money. Okay, like okay. a payday cash loan yep. thing. And I'd go, yeah, I know what you do. And he'd go, if you ever need a loan, Dr. Artist, let me know. I'll help you. And his payments from the people he's given loans to were these checks each week that he was bringing in from. He had eight different locations. This was just one that he would stop at first and show me. So this is how much Whoa. money. And I, wow. and I remember one point is like three months later, this really applies here. Okay. I just need to let you know. This isn't a weird story. Uh, at one point I said, Johnny, stop asking me if I need a loan. I don't need a loan. Why do you keep asking me that? <laughs> he goes, Dr. Artis, do you know that 80% of all of my clients at my title loan, payday loan places, 80% are medical doctors and lawyers. Oh. Really? Whoa. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, it's amazing. Do you know what's amazing? They're the best clients on the planet. When I walk in here every Monday and I show you this check, 90% of this payment comes from those who pay on time, which are doctors and lawyers. And he goes, and do you want to know why they're the best clients in the world? Because they're licensing boards in order to allow them to keep their license every year. I had to fill it out every year that I was a chiropractor. To my licensing board, they actually ask you, are there any debts you have not paid? And if you're not up to speed on them, you cannot relicense. So doctors and lawyers have to relicense themselves with continuing education hours and then reapply for their license each year or every two years. But they have to claim and show that they don't have any outstanding debts. If they do, they get punished and they can't use their license. So Johnny is standing there going, 80% of all of my clients are doctors and lawyers. He goes, obviously, none of them were taught when they left school how to manage money. Right. And when they left school, they decided they had to play the role of the medical doctor and the lawyer by buying the big house and the big cars. But they cannot afford them. They don't know how to manage that money. And when they start borrowing from me, they are the best at repaying these high interest loans because they do not want their licenses threatened. I'm just going to tell you right now. If you haven't listened to Dave Ramsey's, ninety-five <laughs> percent of all of America's in debt, like minus fifteen thousand dollars on credit cards. It's no different for the MDs. So when they say to them, "You're going to be fired if you don't use remdesivir," nurses, if you don't administer remdesivir, Presidex, these sedative drugs, and kill these people in nine days, so we get our average profit of one hundred and ten thousand dollars for every COVID patient that dies. When the hospital says that to them, they're going to follow. Doctors call me crying. Surgeons do. After seeing my videos, they will get a hold of my producers through email, ask if they can talk to me. And around the country, they've cried to me for two years that they've taken my data after they looked at their own institution or hospital's data. It is exactly 30% of everybody they treat with remdesivir dies, which is what I've said. And they take it to the administrators of the hospital, the doctors do. And every single one of them told me every time as they're crying. The hospital administrators, when they brought this to the attention of their bosses, called the administrators, looked at their doctors and said, who are their employees? You have till X date to get the COVID-19 vaccine or you're fired. Wow. That's when they call me crying because the doctors are selling their properties. 
their cars, their additional homes, their vacation places. They're selling those things because they have tuitions for their children and they've got other properties they need to let go of because they know they're not going to take the shot. They're going to lose uh, their income. This is the greatest threat to the medical profession. They inundated them with a massive amount of debt out of the gate, promised them all this glory and money, and then never trained them on how to manage it and have totally taken advantage of them and are holding them like slaves to follow their protocols Man. to provide mass income to the hospitals that they work for. Where do you see the medical profession going? Let's say that we look into the future. I know that you know this would just be a speculation on your part, but where do you see it going? Do you think the American people are going to trust physicians in the future? And where do you see it going? No, so I, I believe right now the half of the country showing up at Donald Trump's rallies have all abandoned the medical institutions. Now, there's yeah. so many people who mm-hmm. do not trust the medical establishment anymore. I do believe there will be this, uh, this turning towards telemedicine, which is great, but most of those telemedicine doctors are going to actually recommend supplements and prescriptions, which is going to start opening up this concept that uh, natural immunity exists with natural means, which is what I've been promoting for years. Yep. I mean, for, for your audiences, let's just ask this. You ready? How many people listening to this how many of you have loved ones who have headaches and struggle with headaches weekly? Sure. If you do, yep. And if you do, and there's millions of you, I want to ask you, how many of you think that your loved ones or yourselves has migraines, cluster headaches, sinus headaches, uh, tension headaches? How many of you actually believe that your headaches are caused by an Advil or Tylenol deficiency? <laughs> Nobody. None. I don't think would ever believe that. No. Nope. Everyone would laugh and go, of course not. Then I'd go like this. Well, then why do you swallow Advil and Tylenol when you get a headache? If that's not what causes it. Wouldn't it be great if someone actually taught you what's causing the inflammatory reaction to cause a headache and then just teach you how to feed the body so then the symptoms disappear? That's what I specialized in for years. Mm -hmm. You don't know why I'm a target for big pharma? (laughs) Because you don't need drugs. Drugs don't heal anything. Drugs mask symptoms. Mm-hmm. And they need you to never know what's causing your symptoms because if you never know and they don't teach their medical doctors their training, if they never tell them what causes diseases and what to look for, they can tell their salesmen, their drug salesmen, the mm-hmm. doctors yep. to just keep selling their drugs. But I just have to remind everybody, I think uh, on your flyover conservative group, there's probably a whole bunch of people who believe that God exists and that he's all powerful and all knowing. And I would like to echo something I've said before, not on this show, maybe, but other places. If you so profess that you really do believe that God is all knowing and all powerful, you know, he created you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this, the human body is his creation and he put your spirit into it. If you really, truly believe that God created the human body and in my mind is the greatest of all creations, why are you bowing down to men? and volunteering to either swallow or inject their invention into your body, who they are trying to convince you they can make God's creation better. And I've said this many times on stage, just shame on all of you who, after listening to this, goes up and asks for somebody to inject something into your arm because you think it's going to make God's creation better. God's immunity wins. They created a bioweapon to actually go around the entire world and try to create illness and death around the entire world. This is phenomenal. They have, they have actually spent and invested mm-hmm. billions of dollars into what's called gain-of-function testing to make weaponized infections to go around the world 
and cause massive amounts of death and carnage and illness. Yep. Do you know what's amazing about this? They spent billions of dollars and the bioweapon sucked. It killed less than 1% of all people worldwide. Two years later, who got it? You know why? Because God's creation is way better yes! than their bioweapon. <laughs> So stop acting like there's some drug coming from a drug company that they figured out in a lab to make God's immunity better. It's already proven to be better than every vaccine, than remdesivir, than any drug they're promoting as a cure for COVID. The natural immunity has always proven far superior. And start acting like you believe God is greater than man. I mean, come on. I love it. Bam, drop the mic. There's nowhere this could go that could be better than that. (laughs) No. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, belts, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? You couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you. Even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. This is incredible. No. I, I was this is a big week for you, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we'd love to stay in, in, in conversation with you. But 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 Flyover family, listen. I don't know when you're listening to this this episode, but you need to be searching Rumble and these places for Doctor Artis's name. Watch every show that he's on, anywhere he's appearing. Mm-hmm. He has some big information that's like too big for one one hit or another it's going to be coming out it's going to change the conversation and and you have to be aware of what's going on you got to take personal ownership for this you've got to go seek it out um you got to go he mentioned Stu peters you got to go put in dr brian artis every platform you've your bit shoot rumble probably not youtube uh uh these places and 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 find every interview he's on every conversation he's on and and go and gather that information it's gonna be a big week it is and then go to the drartistshow.com make sure you register for his newsletter all kinds of amazing information coming out there as well anything else you'd like to add maybe before we up, let you go get, Dr. Some, Artist? get some magnesium for your yes, headaches that's good for, for sure. headaches too i've heard <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Big Farmer's pissed about a couple things. How much I talk about how magnesium will help prevent most diseases around the world, and then that 75% of all autoimmune diseases are caused by parasites. And if you just fix those over a two- to three-month period, all your diseases will disappear. I'm sure they hate knowing that uh, someone's figured out a bunch of their lies, but well, you're uh, you're 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 bad for business. True, you know NFL coaches, uh, most executives, they're usually paid on results, and the medical profession just doesn't seem to work that Mm-mm. that way. They found a way to kind of fall in this place that they get you on the comeback and uh, keeping you keeping you alive enough to keep paying, but sick enough to you need them. It seems yeah. to be the the gig. And keep following flyover conservatives. Maybe later <laughs> we have time. We can yes. actually go through all the data I'm going to actually release tonight also. So I, I just assume, like I have been going over remdesivir uh, at, at, nu- at uh, nuisance, you know, for the last two years. Mm-hmm. It drives me crazy. I keep going up at events and I'll go like this. Can you, can, have you ever, anybody in the audience, have you ever told the same story? <laughs> 
20 times a day for two years. I said, I'm about to do it again. Uh, anyway, it's going to be like that. There's going to be a lot of interviews, a lot of requests, I'm hoping, and uh, we'll review all that data again. Uh, but uh, very excited to finally have some of this weight taken off of me alone yeah. mm-hmm. and have other people in my corner to uh, help save lives. I mean, the goal well, is to preserve your life. That's you got right. the whole flyover teams in your corner for sure. Yep. We are so thankful for you and mm-hmm. thankful for all the lives you're saving and are going to continue to do. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. God bless all of you. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com. <laughs>